everybody. Welcome to the Grace and Peace of God Love Wins. This is the epilogue portion for the book. And if you just listen to the prologue, this is part two or the ending of the book, if you will. So let's jump right in. The ultimate reason humanity resides on planet Earth is to learn to love God and their neighbor unconditionally. Love is an action requiring forgiveness to achieve it. People are thirsting to know why an all-loving God would allow certain circumstances. What does COVID-19 convey for the non-believer? Man's eternal salvation is of utmost importance to me. God commissions his children to help him get the message of his word out beyond his flock. This is why I wrote this timely book. And today, man is searching for answers like never seen before in history. Going beyond the need to love God and neighbor his self, the grace and peace of God love wins explores the how and why to do it. The most likely age group who may be interested in this work is the perpetual student of Christ where age knows no boundary. The landscape reflects the idea of unconditional love and forgiveness as not being new. My approach is unique. Foundational truths are explored and drilled down to meaning for the reader. Readers are hungry for truth about God's kingdom. In the grace and peace of God love wins, the two greatest commandments are deeply mined and the readers unearths a heavenly treasure. Love wins when one understands God's tremendous grace, peace, and mercy toward them. We have a healthy awe and reverential fear of God when following his commands. The natural outpouring of obeying his will lends to unconditional love for both God and neighbor. We experience heartfelt forgiveness as we commune with our creator who first forgave us. When we are bound up in unforgiveness, we do not want to be confronted by our maker. Instead, we tend to hide thinking we can't be found out. Our Lord is an asylum to those who fear him. When you hear fear of the Lord, what do you think of? Well, fearing the Lord means we follow him in all his ways. We obey his statutes, commands, and judgments. Psalm 89 verse 7 tells us, God is greatly to be feared in the assembly of the saints and to be in reverence of all them that are about him. When we are right with God and fear him, we're setting the stage for generational blessings to come. Our children's children will inherit the greatest gift we can give, the fear of the Lord. Life is temporal, and to live for the now without contemplation of eternity is a recipe for disaster. Living a life tempting fate is not living a life at all. This is a life for cowards. Real men and women embrace their creator with the respect he deserves and silently commands. When we have faith in him, he keeps us safe from perilous pestilence. In Ecclesiastes, Solomon writes to us saying, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of man. 
The kinder, more loving and forgiving we are to mankind, the like will be returned to us. We are a reflective mirror for God's graces and tender mercies. We are humble and meek. It doesn't mean beaten down and afflicted. We're acting on behalf of our Lord as his servants and doing good. When we're godly men and women, we listen first. Our opinions are no longer doled out without thought before speaking. We become ambassadors for Christ, not for ourselves. He is our priority and what he has done for us and through us for others. Our prayers begin in praise to a creator who is the name above all names. Our fervent desire is to be operating within the parameters of God's will. Jacob's son Joseph was wronged by his brothers. He was enslaved and sent to be a prisoner in Egypt. He was wronged again by Pharaoh's wife who made, excuse me, Potiphar's wife who made a false accusation against him. He remained faithful to both his earthly boss and his heavenly master, God. He was given discernment to decipher a dream for Pharaoh. He arose amongst the ranks and became the most influential man in Egypt under Pharaoh in a great time of famine. His brothers thought he was dead. When confronted by the brothers' need, he tests them to find out if their wicked ways still existed. When he was sufficiently convinced they did not, he allowed the brothers to see the good work God had done in his life. Genesis chapter 42 verse 18 says, And Joseph said unto them the third day, This do and live, for I fear God. And you know, a man's last words spoken are significant. People tend to pay closer attention. Samuel and King David gave us examples of such. Samuel was redeemed and delivered by the Lord. In such, he tells us, O fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. This is illustrating provision to us. King David tells us with his last words, he who rules over men must be just, ruling in the fear of God. Why would someone remain in unforgiveness with an unloving attitude? They perceive to be gaining more from darkness than the light. The lure of what the world offers is more attractive to them and thus their ability to break free from the chains of bondage that ensnare them. A prideful attitude which they're not wanting to let go of continues to fuel them. The fear of the light is so great. The lie being told to them by the enemy and their minds keeps them under lock and key. And it's imperative to remember we do all things unto Christ. No matter what your employment, you can dedicate it to God and be impactful wherever he has placed you. One need not only be a minister or work in a church office to have a great influence upon the world. What has remained and is consistent throughout history is God. He has always been and will always be and never will cease to exist. So friends, I hope that this book has intrigued you and that you'll be interested in checking out a copy. Until next time, may the grace and peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen.